All right, welcome to uh, Witch Police Radio episode number 35. This is part one of a two-part episode featuring uh, the one and only Jesse Matus, who you may recognize from uh, such greatness as uh, Rolling in the Juice Box and the Super Farmers and the Matus Touch and probably more relevantly the Crooked <laughs> Brothers. Um, Jesse, we've all been friends with for a really long time. And most of us have, probably all of us actually, have played some kind of music with him at one point or another. Uh, so it was really cool to have him. I hadn't seen him in years. I don't know what you guys have I see him around. But he's elusive. Yeah. I mean, he's on tour a lot, right? With the Crooked Brothers. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's out doing stuff. So uh, because it was Jesse and we've all known him forever and we had a lot to talk about, this is like the longest episode <laughs> in the history of the show. So we had to break it up into two episodes just because it's, it would be so ridiculously long. Otherwise, so this is part one. So next week you can hear part two. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I think it's a pretty good episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse performs live. Um, he's actually going to have a live song by Jesse on each episode because he performed one song as one of his choices. Oh, yeah. And then he also performed another live song. Yeah, outside of my apartment. Outside, of, the outside <laughs> of John's old place. Yeah, it was actually pretty great. Um, and it sounds good, too. So, But this week you'll just hear his live performance inside, which was actually for his song selection, which is cool because that hasn't happened yet before. Right. Like and he, he learned it like an hour before. Yeah, he thing, just, yeah so. it's a song he likes and he... Typed out the lyrics. And That's just the kind of thing you got to do if you're a, a musician, you know. Yeah, yeah. Figure something out. So yeah, it was a really good episode. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. And, um, and yeah, it is two parter though, so don't expect, uh, you know, all six songs. Yeah, it's it, which is which seems ridiculous considering the length of the show, but yeah. whatever. So enjoy some some bantering. Yeah, lots of banter, lots of banter, but it's not just you know, it's interesting. There's actually it's actually topical and whatnot. And the theme this week was train, which was uh, I think we say it pretty early is like one of the most common themes you can find for music. So yeah, there was, you know, a lot to talk about there. Um, what we're going to do is uh, at the end of this intro thing here, we're going to play a song by the Crooked Brothers, which is Jesse's current band. Uh, it's called Rusty Old Scars. It's the first song off their first album, uh, Deathbed Pillow Talk. And that was Jesse wanted, that was his selection. Usually I pick whatever, but uh, I asked him and it's the one he wants. I don't even think he sings lead on this. So, uh, he doesn't mm-hmm. sing lead on this, but it's a really good song. So we'll play that. Uh, if you want to check out our show, you can listen on Monday nights at 11 p.m. on 101.5 UMFM, or you can go to www.witchpolice.com and click the podcast button to see the whole list of the archives. And if you also, if you subscribe to the show, uh, there's a button on every podcast post that says subscribe in a reader. Click on that. You can get it through your iTunes or through any other kind of reader you use. So it's more automatic? You don't have to go every time? You don't time, do right? anything. It just does it for you. Cool. Um, and if you if you do that, I mean, at least for now, we've been able to do it pretty consistently. You get the show on Wednesday instead of Thursday, mm-hmm. so it's like it's like an incentive to sign up and subscribe. It doesn't cost anything, but because we want to have more people who are just automatically listening every week, rather than just kind of casually, you know, so you get a day early. Yeah, and if you like it, tell someone else about it. Yeah, and, that's uh, really the best way we can get people to hear the show is just by um, word of mouth. Yeah. So like you know, share that shit on Facebook or whatever, and. What have we got? Oh, yeah, we have a Facebook page, too. Facebook.com slash WitchPleaseRadio. And Twitter is at WitchPleaseFM. And don't think Jesse's on any of that stuff. I don't even think the Crooked Brothers have a Twitter thing. I looked for it. No, not that I know. So they're, they're, on, they're on Facebook somewhere. You can probably find yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're, they're very old-timey. I don't think the technology really works for them. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, banjos and stuff are cool. We made a computer out of wood and Yeah, with a log, a log computer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's got, like, cogs turning and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a good show. Uh, the theme is Train. Jesse made us. Tearing out my heart and selling it for scrap. When I lick my wounds, I take the price of gas. 132 years, I'm still around. Just hitch up the horses, move the whole damn town. Swimming there, creep. 
brownie dead lips Brownie D Episode number 35, this is, uh, what's the theme today? Train. Train is the theme, not the band. Trains. I actually looked up... Just one train? What? (laughs) 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 Jesse, can you stop pissing? I, uh, actually, I looked up the band Train for the first time. They're terrible, right? Yeah, that's like the worst band ever. Why why are people so mad at Nickelback when Train exists? Well, there's a lot of things. Do they still exist? exist? Yeah, I'm sure they do. I don't don't know what time period. Nah, I don't know either. I think they're contemporary. I don't ever hear Train. That's why I don't hate Train. Yeah, but you did hear you it. I guess you hear Nickelback. I guess. I guess. Yeah. So yeah, much. Yeah. Where? <laughs> where? Where are you that you can stop going, going to Paul? When you're playing, when you're playing Earls and uh... when are you at Earls? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> they let you in Earls. You know, like <laughs> Portage Place, Arden shops. And that, you know. <laughs> That's like, awesome. The usual goings on. Awesome. Okay, well, this is Jesse Matus. <laughs> the usual goings on involve going to Earls and Arden's shop in Portage Place. Um, Jesse is, for people who don't know him, I mean, we've all known him for a long time. I think, John, you maybe know him most, or? Yeah, longest. Great. I've known you since junior high. I, I think I met you in grade five, but we didn't come friends until junior high, I don't think. And then you've known him yeah, since I met him in grade, grade three or four when we. Oh, wow, cool. Hey, Jesse, you secretly hated me, didn't you? <laughs> When still we first met, still secretly hates me. I don't think so. But like, yeah, I don't know. maybe. Anyway, Jesse's—we've all known him for a pretty, pretty decent degree of time. I can right? At least that since like back. it's almost twenty years since junior high, which is like the latest anyone's met you here, right? So, yeah. and we were in a band together, me, you, and Rob, and mm-hmm. and Mark, Mark Boz, Mark Boz, and it was called Wade. And Wade. I remember going with you to get your bass at Second Encore. Second Encore, yeah, when it was uh, when it was across the street on Corden. No, oh. no, that was Long McQuaid. You think of Second Encore was on Portage across from yeah, where yeah, it was yeah. recently, right? And and that um, and that yeah, and that base uh, still exists. It's at Doug Fever's house. Really? Yep. And we've used it on recordings. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But uh, anyway, just for people who don't know, I know again with the archiving everything and keeping, all, uh, but people who don't know what the hell we're talking about and who this is and who we are, um, Wade turned into Filter Reality, and we Mark 
was too busy washing his mom's jacket or something to uh, be in the band. So Jessica Element came in, and she played drums. And Jessica was on a previous episode of the show. She was on number 23, and we had her on here. So uh, Filthy Reality lasted a little while. Then Rob and Jessica left, or something. I don't know, whatever. They stopped being in the band. And then John came in, and then me, Jesse, and John were lint with revolving drummers. Chris Downs. Chris Downs and Tim, Tim Haverluck. And Tim Haverluck was on episode 11, so you've heard him as well. And a bunch of his music is on Witch Police. But, so, yeah, dating back to, like, I guess the mid-90s. What about Stone Eyes? Stone Eyes was Filthy Reality. That was Filthy Reality. It was the same yeah. band. We changed the name, though, for some reason. You mean Rob? And Jessica. Yeah, and Jessica, yeah. So anyway, the point the point is that all of us were in bands of some type together within the whole of the mid-90s. Like, I mean, after Filthy Reality, it was Lint with me, John, and Jesse. And then after that, it was Peachy Keen, which was me and Jesse. And then Rob and Jesse recorded a bunch of amazing things like Juicebox. <laughs> and, um, and then like you know there's all John and yeah me and John in the mouth boat and Rob and John have a music they do together and me and Rob are Dynamo like there's all these like crazy incestuous things but I haven't seen Jesse I haven't seen you in like three years or something probably I think I ran into you on Osborne maybe bridge once maybe like, that was the last time I saw you it's been a while yeah so I'm very happy that you yeah. came on the show like uh, this is uh, yeah I'm, I'm very excited about this <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> yeah, like I, when we had gonna come up with a list of people we wanted on the show like when we started doing it, I think you were probably at the top of everyone's list. Like, when we were talking about, like, who can we get to be on here, I think all of us were like, oh, we should get Jesse on. But yeah, I haven't been around. I've, like, well, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing we should mention, though, too, is people who might know who you are because you're in the Crooked Brothers, who have gone on to be pretty, you know, you've, you've done a lot, ton of touring. Mm-hmm. You have two records out. Do you want to, like, what are the, who are the Crooked Brothers? Who are the Crooked Brothers? Yeah. Uh, me, Matt, and Darwin, I guess, are the Crooked Brothers. Sweet. So someone who doesn't know who you are is like, oh, yeah, cool, Crooked Brothers. It's you, Matt, and Darwin. Awesome. Me, Matt, and Darwin. If you, if you like me, Matt, and Darwin. <laughs> you should just call your band yeah, me, Matt, and Darwin. That would be a great name, yeah. But every time, like, the different member of the band says the band name. Yeah, so it could be like me, Matt, and Jesse, or me, yeah. Darwin, and Jesse. You have three different band names. You, you could. Well, you but play. you'd have four because it would be also the ones who aren't in the band would call you Jesse. Matt, Darwin, and Jesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can right. play different styles for each name. Or Jesse, Darwin, and Matt. Or Darwin, Matt, it's, Jesse, it's never or ending, Darwin, Matt. Never ending. Darwin. Yeah. And Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are, uh, anyway, you guys are going on to much bigger and better things than most of these other bands. I mean, probably aside from Rob, out of this table here, I think me and John are probably the ones who have been least successful <laughs> playing well, music. We haven't played overseas. No, we haven't played overseas. I, mean, I, I haven't played anywhere further than Porch the Prairie. Brandon, I played Brandon. That was it. Brandon and Portage of Winnipeg. That's <laughs> the extent of my... So, I mean, you know, it's, it's very cool to see you guys both doing well. Whenever I, whenever someone I'm friends with goes, like, you see them going to Europe or whatever, it's actually selling records or putting stuff on in vinyl. It's always, I'm always pumped. And that's kind of one of the good things about the show is we get to talk to people who we don't see that often, but who are doing really cool things with music. So. And uh, as chance would have it, Jesse is a good guest for uh, this particular episode because the theme is train. Yeah. And uh, the Kirkwood Brothers toured on a train. Terrible, perfect. On, uh, that's, that's perfect. Like, there's a Greyhound thing, right? What's the deal with that? Via Rail? Via Rail. Via Rail. Not uh, Greyhound. I don't think Greyhound has trains. Greyhound has not yet made a musician program. Do they have... Um, <laughs> Probably have a lot of... Oh, this is a specific musician program? Like yeah. This is uh, like on the passenger trains. <clears throat> you can sign up. Uh, it's still going on. You sign up as a, a performer and do... It used to be two sets a day. Two forty-five. And you perform bands. on the train? And you perform on the train That's once awesome. in the, the diner car and then once in like the back lounge car, which is kind of like ritzy and fancy and, and uh, get you get to champagne. Do, get to do two different sets? No. You can do the same set, I think. Um, different crowd. Yeah. Uh, now I think it's three sets. Okay. And, uh, it's getting a little demanding. And you have to play in the train station. Oh really? Um, hmm. Like the big when ones? When there's layovers, like yeah, yeah. in the Winnipeg, there's a four-hour layover. That's an awesome train station. Though. Yeah. There's bands that play like in in the Via Rail station downtown. Yeah. So now I guess that means that at eight a.m. between eight a.m. and twelve p.m. every second day, there's a, probably a band playing in the Via Rail station. It's awesome. Like at Main and Broadway. Yeah. Crazy. Have you guys been to the uh, the railway museum upstairs there? I think I was like really years cool. ago. Really cool. They have lots of birds flying around in there. Birds? Real live birds? Yeah. Because <laughs> well, like, there's, there's, no, there's like a hole in the wall kind of thing. And it's not very insulated, so it's extremely cold. <laughs> to go in the wintertime. But there's birds flying in there. It's kind of weird. Hmm. weird. But it's cool, yeah. I took my daughter there. She loves trains. It's good. Yeah, it's a great way to travel. Yeah. Um, 
I was on Via Rail for the first time ever, just like uh, last month. Oh, really? Where were you going? Uh, from Montreal to Toronto. Oh, cool, cool. Okay. Awesome. It was better than fucking Superbus, tell you that much. On on the train, do they make you watch Will Smith movies? No, there's no movies at all. That's good. Where yeah. do they make you make Greyhound walk? bus. I'm sure, I have I not talked about this in the show before? I don't know. I used to take the Greyhound every almost every weekend from Verdun to Winnipeg and back, right? And it's like, Verdun is maybe, what, three and a half hours away drive? Train or bus, it's like six hours, and they stop stops, at every yeah. single little town. So every time, they got movies on there, and like, it was the same three or four movies every single time. And I was there for like a year and a half, so I saw these movies over and over again. But it kills like two hours of your trip, so I would watch them every time. So I saw Men in Black like <laughs> so many times. <laughs> I saw Wild Wild West probably at least 15 times. Jesus. Uh, Space Cowboys with Clint Eastwood, when wow. he's like an old uh, astronaut. That's that like, one was like, like hell. It was like 20 times. And it, like, none of these movies are good, right? <laughs> but it was at the point where I can't do it now because this is like eight or nine years ago, but I could actually recite the dialogue along with these movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wild Wild West would be on, and I'm sitting there and like I'm saying the lines in the car. So I'm glad the train doesn't have that because <laughs> maybe you should, just, you should have just stared at other passengers like reciting the lines. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did my best to avoid anyone sitting next to me. Like, yeah. Because yeah, that sucks. But yeah, train is the theme today. <laughs> so uh, not it, buses. Not buses. No, we give, that could be a good one, but it's random. So yeah, we had press a button on the internet and it shoots words at us. And this one was train, train is a good one. Train is a good one. I think train actually was probably one of the most common themes in music in general. Like we were talking, we talk ahead of time about what songs we're gonna pick, and there was just like this ongoing crazy list of stuff because there's so much. It's such a common theme in like any kind of music, like you know, folk, country, blues, like anything, like a lot of older American stuff. But it's really, really a huge, because it's a metaphor for everything, right? Yeah. Usually for something to do with freedom or, or, or getting out of somewhere or going somewhere, you know. Yeah, so train is everywhere. So I guess uh, because I n- will not stop talking ever, <laughs> I'm going to play a song first because I'm just blabbing. Might as well. Yeah, um, I'm going to play a song called uh, Draw Your Breaks. Uh, it's by an artist called Scotty. Have you guys you guys familiar with this? I think that you guys probably are familiar with this, but the name means nothing, right? Because, like, first of all, who's Scotty? And draw your breaks with the hell. But it's on the soundtrack to The Heart of They Come, right. which is one of my favorite movies. And it's probably the best soundtrack I've ever heard of anything ever. Um, and uh, I first got a copy of this when I was a teenager. Like, it's my dad's old record. And I remember um, I was kind of just getting into reggae and ska and stuff. And he knew I was into it, so he gave me the record. And uh, there's the second song. Um, and it starts off with this, just this guy's voice. And he yells something that sounds crazy, and it didn't sound like English because it's a really, really like deep patois, you know. And at the time, I was like, I, I don't understand. You, you remember when you were kids, you listened to Snow doing Informer, and you're like, is this English? Right? This is like that moment. <laughs> and there's always like, there's always like myths about what he was saying. And... Yeah, I can tell you the whole song of Informer if you want, but I'm not going to. But um, <laughs> but anyway, so this this bit, it's um, I for the longest time had no clue what he was talking about because I had my own interpretation of what it sounded like he was saying. And it didn't make any sense because it was two words at least in there that I was like, wow, what is that word? I don't know what it means. So I looked it up and it means something completely different than what I thought it did. But it's um, that line, you'll hear it. It's the first thing you hear in the song. There's no music. It's just that, that spoken part. It's been like repeated all over the place. Um, on the episode 27 with Greg Crow, uh, was our, from Holy Milka, was our guest. And um, he played a song by Courtney Pine. And right at the intro, it was a sample of that sound clip. So that actual sound clip has been played on the show before. On our show before. And also, uh, you guys ever watch that show, Space Goes Coast to Coast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had Jimmy Cliff on the show. And you know that little grasshopper guy? Yeah. I can't remember his name because it's been years. He says that line at one point, just in, in casual conversation. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, it's one of these things that's going on. And what it means is, apparently, is, um, I'll, I'll tell you what it means then you'll hear it. But it means, like, uh, go and steal that girl from that guy and then have sex with her. Which has absolutely nothing... And how many words is the sentence? Well, the, what he says, it sounds like he's saying... I'm going to say it in the most Anglo way, Paul. I'm not going to try to do the accent, right? It sounds like he's saying, forward and fayaka, managal and then gosaka. Right? Wow. So I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what does this mean? But apparently it's um, forward, like go, and uh, payaka, which apparently means, like, the stealer. And it's like, I thought we said it was monocle, like a manacle, manacle or something, but it's, it's like manhagel or something, and it's like manhandler, and then payaka, which apparently means to go and have sex with her. So this has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the song, because the song is about the girl leaving on a train. And um, it's, uh, Scotty was like an early 
DJ. So at this point, basically what he's doing is he's just talking on top of a record that already exists. Like, it's not like rap where... I mean, it's like early rap, right? Like, where it's just someone on top of a, an instrumental. This isn't even an instrumental. The, the original vocals are still there. Okay. And uh, he's just talking in the part breaks between the singing. And the song was originally by Keith and Tex, and it was called Stop the Train. And, uh, Stop that train. And, uh, so yeah, it's really interesting because it's, it's very early. This is like first couple of years of the 70s, maybe the last couple of years of the 60s. And, um, it's just a guy talking on top of a record. Like, it's, it's, it's really cool. And I don't know anything else this guy's done. The Scotty guy died 10 years ago. And he occasionally, like, apparently did records here and there. But this is, it's like the, the only thing he's known for, really, is this song. So, it's called Dry Breaks. Stop that train. Father than Payaka. Manakl and then go saka. So what do you guys think of that? Uh, it was weird. How so? Well, he was just like he's talking, talking over another song. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. But that's how that's that's what the roots of all that stuff is, right? Right. So it's like what they would do at a show, but just on record. It's not any different. Like it's not. Like but it's not even rhythmic, really. No, he's talking. Or like he sounds like a radio DJ or something. Well, that's what they were doing though. They were copying American style radio DJs. Oh yeah. And that's like that's the voice. Like a lot of stuff you hear from that era, it's. Like they're doing very, very fake American accents because that's what they're hearing on the radio, right? And people want to hear that. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm D. That's what but what are the lyrics about? Like, he's t- is he talking about a train? Well, the, the Keith and Tex original version is stop that train. I yeah. want to get on my baby. She's leaving me now, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he's telling the train to stop. He's saying, draw your brakes. I just can't take it. Um, and then he tells the guy to play guitar because this is indeed a sad, sad song. It's so weird that he's like, th- his song is him... Uh, I was doing some home rentals here while we're... His, his song is, is him talking to the song. 
Yeah, he's uh, yeah, it's it's, so it's, meta. Yeah, it's not yeah, like well, he's it works, right? It's not like he's it's doing cool, his own yeah. lyrics I mean, and both. Like, yeah, he's actually interacting with the. It's so weird. Like that would be like if you did someone did a rap song and there was a sample from some old soul record and they were addressing the sample. Well, Ghostface kind of does that. I he guess. does sometimes, yeah. But I mean, this is like 30, 40 years before that. Yeah. Or if you're like listening to someone singing the blues, and you're like, yeah, man. Yeah, you yeah. said it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that I don't think that happened. But I think that's the reason the song is so good, though. Like, because there's tons of stuff in that era, and a lot of it just gets kind of boring after a while because they're doing the American DJ, like, you know, hey, you're listening to the number one sound, you know, and it's like, it's cool, kind of, but, you know, it gets boring. Imagine if, imagine if DJs did that, though, like, on the radio, like, just play a song and then talk to it, like. But that's why it's called DJing, though, right? People rapping in Jamaica are not called rappers. Yeah. They're called DJs. And because this is where it comes from, it's actually disc jockey. So what is like, because now reggae and roots and all that stuff has become like the national music of Jamaica. What was the national music of Jamaica before they got American radio? Mento. What's that? It's like a, it's like a uh, Jamaican folk music. And then, that, then they started listening to American radio where they're getting like stuff, uh, like big band stuff, right? And then it turned into ska. But what is, what is it called? Mento? Mento. What is that? It's what like kind of like Calypso. Like? They okay. have like... Um, Steel drums. I haven't heard a lot of it. Honestly, I haven't heard a lot of it. But a lot of the, the, the traditional instruments are like bamboo saxes and like uh, like percussion boxes and stuff like that. And like sometimes you see pictures of them and they have like a thumb piano. But that's like from one of the other islands like popularized that. But it's kind of like calypso-y from what I understand. I really, I really haven't heard a lot. There's acoustic guitars and like, you know, homemade weird guitars and stuff. And like, you know. Um, but then when they started listening to American music, which is all heavy on the horns and stuff, and listen to early rhythm and blues and everything, that's what Sky is. Hmm. Right, so that's kind of the roots of everything is like taking the traditional folk music, and which has a lot of African influence and a lot of um, like uh, Spanish music influence because a lot of the other like Cuba's right next door, right? Yeah, and a bunch of other stuff. So they got like Latin kind of music, and then they got African music, and then mixing that with American R and B and stuff, and then reggae eventually, a couple steps removed, comes from that. But this is very patterned on American radio. It's interesting. Yeah. Because it's interesting, too, how American soul music and rhythm and blues or whatever went to Jamaica and became reggae. Well, they became, became ska first. Ska and then became reggae. And then became rock steady. And, that came, and, became and, and then that came to the States and became yeah. hip-hop. Yeah, which is weird. It's like, yeah, it's the cultural, like, well, it's so close, right? The, 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 geographically, Jamaica's pretty close to, I think it's just crazy how much. But it had to go on an odyssey to <laughs> Yes, to yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's really cool. It's it's cool to listen to like um, a lot of the earlier. I mean, earlier than this, right? A lot of the early ska stuff, and it's just like you can totally tell that it's very very patterned on like that. You know, like I mean, it's. I mean, now people think of ska. We talked about this before on the show, I'm sure a few times, but they think like you know, like horrible things. <laughs> they think like real big fish or something, right? And it's it's. I mean, that's that has that has such a far connection from American R&B in the '40s to. There's not there's nothing except for the fact that okay there's a saxophone you know but like the early Jamaican stuff you can hear it and then it's just like the rhythm is just on the opposite beat and then that's where all this comes from yeah so I don't know I love that song this is one of my favorite records ever um, it's cool I remember yeah, even I, a lot of soul music kind of has the it has does. the offbeat accent it does. yeah like yeah with yeah the horns and stuff going yeah so it makes sense that combining that with whatever they were playing before right which is like kind of calypso-ish or whatever wouldn't make sense that they put it on the other beat. But this this movie, um, I have it on VHS still. Uh, when I was a teenager, I remember my dad waking me up in the middle of the night and being like, The Heart of the Come is on TV. <laughs> and he was all excited about it. So we went and sat and watched The Heart of the Come. And that's like, you know, it was a very, very memorable moment of my childhood that my dad woke me up to watch this yeah. movie with me that has been a huge impact on the music I listen to. Because this is really the one album that kind of... You know, I was already kind of getting into ska a little bit because a bunch of punk records had ska songs on them. But this, like, this was the big one that kind of broke everything. Yeah, still to this day, I think when I see that album, I think of you. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I had a shirt with it. I had it on my wall. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> I love, I love, I absolutely love the album. Like, it's one of my all-time favorite. It's my favorite soundtrack for sure. And like, I would would be my top ten albums ever. Like, it's absolutely brilliant. What about the Breakfast Club? That wouldn't be. No. <laughs> I don't even like that movie really. But uh, yeah. And the only other thing I want to say about it, because I could talk with Hardly Come Forever and I'm already talking too much, but um, one of my favorite things about it is that it's kind of transcended this movie into a lot of other different kinds of music. Like, I mean, obviously, these songs influence other stuff, but uh, 
the, the Fuji's have that one video, and Wyclef is wearing like the the blue shirt with the the yellow star on it, and a lot of this I think it's ready or not maybe I can't remember which video it is, but he's dressed like Jimmy Cliff is in The Harder They Come, and there's a bunch of stuff that happens in the movie that's references the video that references the movie that's kind of only for people who are like paying attention, you know, and then um, in uh, Guns of Brixton by the Clash, Fuji Law. Maybe it was Fuji Law. Probably was, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. But in Guns of Brixton by The Clash, at the end of the song, one of the lyrics is um, talking about Jimmy Cliff's character in, in that movie scene. And then Jimmy Cliff covered that song like, a couple years ago on an album he put out. So it's like really weird how this is like this floating around constant, like the heart of the company reference everywhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and this is the movie that, that, that made people in England, especially, listen to reggae in the first place. And that's what made everything go huge in Outer National. So. Cool. That's so fun. I'm done talking about that because I, I don't want to take the whole show. Right, let's let our guest uh, pick one. Yeah, what do you got, Jesse? Mm. Hold on, I was thinking I could, I could play a song. Oh, does it follow follow nicely? Well, it's interesting because I have a hip hop song. Okay, that yeah, that would be good. But I mean, I don't want to. No, no, no. Thunder. This is a this is a good uh, transition. <laughs> because the 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 hip hop song I was gonna play is LP. Yeah. Which is weird because he's like a white guy from Brooklyn who like came up in the '90s. Uh, with the group Company Flow, and it's so weird that you know we're talking about the whole evolution of yeah. R&B to to uh, ska to reggae yeah, yeah. to uh, hip hop, and how far it's come to like you know um, white people in Winnipeg like me rapping yeah, and um, or white people like me playing ska in the nineties and stuff you know? yeah. yeah, not recognizable as that but yeah go sorry um, to interrupt you should be or white people like Jesse <laughs> playing folk music. No connection. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this song I'm going to play is uh, Tasmanian Pain Coaster, which is um, awesome. This title. came up like the name of it, right? You mentioned it. I'm sure. I think you sure, must have mentioned the name in the previous episode. Yeah. As either love, loving it or hating it. Well, it's both. it's a stupid name. Really, I kind of like I it. I think Sam loved it. I think I do. I still yeah. love it. Well, <laughs> I read like when this album was coming out. Like it was this for me. This true. album. This this album was called "I'll Sleep When You're Dead." Another and, great that's title. Yeah. yeah, and this like. Um, this was LP's second solo album, and his first solo album, Fantastic Damage, like that album, like ruled my life for like yeah. a while. Like it was, it blew my fucking mind. And like this is after like I, like I was in, I got into Company Flow, like you know, in in high school, and then uh, the first the first piece of vinyl I ever bought was a Company Flow twelve inch, and then Burner's twelve inch, and. And so when LP started doing solo stuff and he put out, you know, Fantastic Damage, that album was so fucking crazy. And then it took him, like, a few years to put out his second solo album because he was producing for other people and he was running his label, Def Jux. And so this album was, like, really highly anticipated by, like, me and people like me. And um, it was honestly a little bit of a disappointment because LP makes his own beats and he raps. And... The the album was not a disappointment at all in terms of the beats. The beats are like mind blowing. They're incredible, but some of the subject matter in terms of the raps were kind of like really cheesy. Like he's got a song on that album with Cage, which is about like they're like pretend they're like rapping as if they're guards on like a prison ship in the future, and like he he falls like he falls in love with one of the prisoners, (laughs) and it's like. He tries to escape with the prisoner. It's like it's like what the fuck? Like you're, yeah, like you're 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 asking a lot, you know? Like really? Yeah. For, is that not? It's dumb, man. Okay. It's fucking dumb. But there's a lot of like like a lot of great songs. Well, not a lot. There's a few great songs on that. I'm like uh, Flyingology with Trent Reznor is really good. Why They're, are these names so good? Well, you know what? You know what's gonna fucking blow your mind is that this song yeah. features Mars Volta. Holy shit. Yeah, and they're not a huge part of it. They're just kind of coming on, on the end, but they're on the song. Like the actual whole band or two no, dudes? The, the two guys. Yeah. And um, this is my favorite song on the album for sure. And like, Well, obviously I, it is already because yeah. you said the Marshall to them. And I, I was like reading an article before this album came out, and LP actually was naming some of the the song titles, and yeah. he was like, in case you hadn't noticed, I'm, I'm going for the worst song names ever award. They're good. Yeah, but like... So he's saying that like tongue in cheek because he knows that they're kind of no because I ridiculous think he's, sounding. But I think he's the type of guy to be like, oh, I'm gonna give you know I have a couple stupid names for these songs. I'm just gonna go all out and give yeah. them all stupid names. Yeah. Like Flyingology. Flyingology is kind of a cool name, I guess. Like it's a cool song, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's still a really good album. Like, like in terms of the production, it's amazing. It was a real huge step forward. Like, he, he put out an album, I guess, last year, um, uh, Cancer for Cure, which is kind of a cool name. <laughs> Well, that's a, that's an amazing record, and like I think that was I think that was really like a step up from uh, "I'll Sleep When You're Dead." But anyways, this song is Tasmanian Pain Coaster, and the song is about him um, late at night coming home from the studio, going and waiting for the subway, and there's no one in the subway station, and he's waiting for the train, and all of a sudden, this guy he knows comes, and like he knows this kind of guy is kind of like an unsavory character. He's not the type of guy he'd want to like say hi to, but he knows him, and they're right. in the train station alone, so he can't avoid him. And he's like talking about like he's building up to about how he's kind of nervous to be around this guy, and then he he's got this gr he's got all this great New York slang in it. Like he says he's he's smoking a loose leaf cigarette. When I sniff it, I can smell it. It's it's delved into another knit or something, which is basically he's saying that it's dipped in formaldehyde, which is, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, like cigarettes dipped in formaldehyde is, I guess, what people in New York smoke. Yeah, you hear about that a lot yeah. on records about that. Yeah, and so, and then he accidentally Super. goes, and then, like, he accidentally goes, so how's it going, man? And then he's like, as soon as he says it, he's like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have said that because I know it's not going well, right. so now I have to listen to this guy on the train talk about how shitty his right, life right, right. is. And then, like, the song is about, like, the chorus is like, you know, this is the fucking life that you don't see on television and in the media, like, fucking these crazy people. And he talks about how he can see... Oh, he, he has this crazy line, too, about how he can see blood on the guy's shoes, and he's just trying to ignore the fact that he's got blood on his <laughs> shoes. Like, it's a crazy song. Cool. So, yeah, let's play it. It's uh, LP, Tasmanian Pain Coaster. Do you think that if you were falling in space... You would slow down after a while or go faster and faster. Faster and faster. For a long time you wouldn't feel anything. Then you burst into fire.
coincidence And I'm sideline and significant To the cloud function I must in Reddit 710 to split again Medic made it out to me Epidemic shaded Wild for me Evidence of precious mounting Residential crowds Brotherhood of the working wounded Wounded working city units Taking out the trash Strapping it Let's get it moving Stupid men make moves more useless Use abuse quick Losers useless Either speak the truth Or you leave toothless Toothless to the furiously ruthless Justice for my very own amusement But no regard for the conclusion I swag it with bad stuff in the glass And a gun mask Pass me the club mask and flash Cause the cheapest liquor you have In the back of the Tasmanian path Insane to get laughed and cackling At the randomness of the city and all its facts The dark on of interrogation agents Skipping class and a mask and a flash On my tiptoes walking on crack glass Yeah, the last and with my past Catching my calves like hold that in other words, I'm trash, glad you asked. This is the sign of what you don't know, killing you. This is the sign of what you don't believe, still true. This is the sign of what you don't want, killing you. GPC, motherfucker, cop a feeling too. This is the sign of what you don't know, killing you. This is the sign of what you don't believe, still true. This is the sign of what you don't want, killing you. GPC, motherfucker, cop a feeling too. Tasmanian Pain Coaster by LP. LP. And uh, yeah, I, I really like that song. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it fits the train theme. Like, For sure. It's talking about being on the subway. And um, and what you were saying while we were listening to is it kind of sounds like you're on a train, like that. Yeah. The part, it, the part it, in the middle there, especially. like. Yeah, and what else I was saying was, was that, like, how his first verse is all about running into the guy in the train station and. And uh, or maybe it's on the train. He doesn't really specify. But then it's like he accidentally asks him how he's doing, and then he's like, "Oh shit! I know how he's doing. I shouldn't have asked." And the second verse is all just just kind of rapping about how like meaningless and shitty life is, and he talks about how he's, you know, like one of the lines is like, "I'm laughing at the city and the randomness of all its facts, and like I'm just buying shitty the shittiest liquor you have and all this right. kind of stuff." And then. Um, you know, he ends it with, like, uh, in other words, I'm trash, glad you asked. So he's just, like, the whole second verse is, like, this is how I'm doing, you fucking asshole. Thanks for asking, Tra- you know. Trains are interesting places for that. Like, you can get stuck beside someone, and if they want to talk, you don't really, you know, especially depending on how long the journey yeah, is. Yeah. Or and depending if on you have an assigned things. seat or something. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, thinking yeah. of, like, yeah, you know, you just have to hear someone out, possibly, depending on... Yeah. No matter how crazy. Well, they I mean, are. I don't think that would happen on a subway, though. I mean, people sit next to yeah. the guy for no, sure. Yeah, no, not a subway. I'm thinking like train, passenger train kind of thing. Yeah. What was that? There's a Hitchcock movie, right? Yeah, there was. Um, uh, I know what you're talking with a tennis player, and the guy can, like tries to convince him to like sta- let him stage or like do a murder for him. I can't remember. What and he tries to like get out of it, and then like I know what you're talking. I haven't seen it. Corners him. Yeah. He knows his situations, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Stranger on a Train. Stranger on a Train. Rear window. Rear window is awesome. Stabbing in the shower. <laughs> I think that one's called Psycho. Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> man, you know what? I, I, I actually, actually watched, I watched Psycho again recently, like a few months ago. I hadn't seen it in years. And I just think it's so cool how the first half of the movie is like a, like a crime, like a heist movie. Like she steals money. 
yeah. Before anything anything yeah, horror I, happens, I, I don't think I've like, got that from Dusk Till Dawn feel. There's like a whole half hour at least of just a different movie. It's a crime, yeah. It's like oh, she's gonna get yeah, yeah, right. It's like that, right? Have you seen Have you seen the movie Hitchcock? No. I haven't either, but the it's one about, with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, apparently Anthony Hopkins is Hitchcock. In that yeah, movie. I've seen pictures of him. He looks yeah. like yeah, yeah. Vertigo is the best Hitchcock. Vertigo is really good. The Birds is really good too. Yeah, or mm-hmm. the Man Who, who Knew. Man Who Knew Too Much. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one too. The Man yeah. Who Knew Too Little is also. Good. Is that the I've Bill Murray thing? That. that movie is that Bill Murray? So good. Yeah, yeah no, not seen it. Isn't it? Oh, I thought it was Steve. Martin. Sounds like a Steve Martin. It's Bill Murray. It's Bill Murray. Yeah. Lower than no expectations of course, yeah, going yeah. into it. That helps make a movie better, yeah. I recommend that movie to everyone. Yeah, for sure. It was great. <laughs> it's like kind of from the 90s? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember renting it once just based on Bill Murray alone, and I was like, wasn't, you know, expecting, yeah. Bill Murray definitely got better. Because some of this, like... Bill Murray's always good. I don't, like, to be honest, I don't really like Caddyshack. I don't get it. Do you at least really like Ghostbusters, though? Yeah, but not really. What do you mean, no? It's it's one of those movies that's like classic. Like I saw it as a kid, and I saw it a few times as a kid. But it's a good theme song. It's got an amazing theme song. Well, fuck. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like I don't know. I don't find cool that movie car. that I don't find amazing that movie car. that funny. I don't think it's intent. I mean, it's obviously a comedy, but it's not strictly like jokes though. I mean, no, it's like, I like a, that it's, it's like yeah. an actual. It's like a scary movie. I like that it's all, like a. It's, it's like got the like horror a element horror and it's got movie, the, but it's got. It's got funny stuff, funny in, it. stuff in it. Yeah. Is that a gunshot? I think, I think so. there were gunshots outside of my apartment. This is why we recorded at my house usually, but we're at John's right now, and we're gonna get killed. Those are fireworks. Let's be festive. Come on. Um, what, what festive? Yeah, it's almost Canada Day, you know. So, oh, so, it's like we got like something nine days away. June twentieth or something. Twenty first. When I was in Toronto, my sister lives in this fucking condo that's on the nineteenth floor. Yeah. And we were there on. Is the nineteenth or the eighteenth? I don't know why. Did they skip thirteenth? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> you know some place to do it? But, uh... Religious. So ridiculous. But it was, like, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a holiday Monday. Yeah. And in, in Toronto, they, like, every holiday, they let off fireworks everywhere. And it was, like, also, it was also, like, a thunderstorm. Holy what do you think? Fuck. Fireworks or gunshots? Those are fireworks. Those are fireworks. Yeah. Should we go watch them? They don't sound <laughs> very <laughs> impressive. Let's get a bunch of podcasts. Let's just watch fireworks. I have sparklers. Of course you do. Probably <laughs> <laughs> sparkles too. Yeah. Bag of glitter. Okay, are you hearing this? It's a little distracting. <laughs> yeah. Probably coming from the ledge. Some sort of. No, I think it's closer. Than I think it's closer to the ledge. Could be a little more. It's probably across the street. There's old people across the street checking it out. They're always yeah. They're yeah. Always Fucking old people. <laughs> they die already. <laughs> So, oh, I wanted to ask something about El Piro. Yeah. But before we... Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> before we what? Well, before we run to something else, because, well, well, it's too late. But, like, is before he... Before die. He gets a... <laughs> no, no, sorry, ask the question. <laughs> well, does he have, like, a lot of people who, like, dislike him? Like, in the sort of industry yeah, or whatever? Uh, is he kind of like a, you're either with him or you're against him type of person? No, I don't think so. Like, I, th- I think, you should put that blanket back up. He's very critically acclaimed, though. Like, But it's it's taken him a long time. Like, if you consider the fact that he... Sorry. Um, if you consider the fact that he was, like... Uh, he was, like, doing, doing all the beats and stuff for Company Flow back in the mid-90s. And then he started running his own label to put out his solo record in 2000, like 2000, I think is when Cannibal Ox came out, which is the album he produced. And then 2001, his album came out. And, you know, and then he put out this record that that I played the song from, I think in 2007. And then um, just with this record, Cancer for Cure, this, the newest record, just now is he starting to get critically acclaimed? Is he starting to get like reviews and like kind of like hip magazines yeah, yeah. and like i think it's taken him a long time and he's not he started really young so he's not that old but he's still like mid 30s yeah. and he's just now starting to get recognition after doing doing it for a long fucking time already well, it gives all of us hope right yeah yeah he had like he had like cult i'm joking yeah, yeah yeah what juice box <laughs> <laughs> But he had the, one of the, one of the he's never really had like straight beef except for like there was some beef between like um, some of like the Def Jokes guys and and Boston guys like um, 
Uh, like, 7L on Esoteric had kind of beef with, like, Def Jokes. But LP wasn't really a part of that. And then, um, like, when Anticon first started, one of the biggest things, it actually helped Anticon, I think, was that Soul, who was, like, a founding member of Anticon, had beef with LP. And they had, they both had uh, um, diss tracks against each right. other, which were are some of the, like, most well-known diss tracks in, in that, like, underground level of hip-hop. Yeah. Like, uh, Soul's Dear LP and... And uh, LP's Linda Trip. Oh, so they use that as like it got them publicity because they're dissing someone who's already. Well, I think it on got. I think it got Soul more publicity than it got LP because right. I think LP was already kind of well established in the underground. Well, so I mean, scene. yeah. So Soul got more notice. Yeah, but he but he looked really bad from that. And I think that I, even though that I think that built him up in a lot of people's eyes. At the same time, I think it took away from a lot of a respect he might have gotten otherwise. Right. I really want to do a show where it's just diss tracks. We should do that, yeah. Because there's tons of stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, not even just rap. Oh, yeah, I yeah. got some reggae stuff that's like... Or like we could play um, that fucking Neil Young diss song by... Uh, right. Leonard Skinner. Yeah, Leonard Skinner. Yeah, that's a great... great yeah. Yeah. That would be really good. But, uh, no, I think, I think LP's... Pr- like, yeah. Especially now, he's really well-respected. And he's working with, like... Now that he's, he's putting out like this album with Killer Mike like later this year... Okay. And it's, you know, Killer Mike's like this kind of underground guy from Atlanta who has a lot of respect. So it's... He, well, and he's getting lots of, like, internet reviews and stuff too, right? That guy? like Yeah, and, it, like, LP produces last record. So it's it's not... He's not really... Like, I think LP's one of those guys who has a lot of respect for the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people recognize that. Recognize yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That's cool. That was a really good song. I really liked it. I yeah, think the one. internet is helping in getting indie artists... Uh, oh, for sure out there and just like able to do what they do do you think it's like well, okay well what do you think though I mean out of all of us you're probably the one who's had the most actual success in terms of like, I mean you, you putting out records touring people all that stuff people listening to it does that help I mean when you guys go to Europe do people actually know who you are or is it just like hey here's a band from Canada I want to see what Canada is bringing like do you have yeah I guess I don't songs? I don't know the other th- the other side of it like right. I don't know the world without the internet, so it's kind right. of hard to say. But do people know like, they come? They come in and they record your records. But you people guys do to, look up the website. But yeah. you guys seem to tour so much that you're probably getting most of your fans from like word of mouth. Word of mouth. From, yeah. No, from feet like like feet on the concrete touring, playing those places, right? Playing, right, right yeah, yeah, and, yeah, then sure. and then yeah. coming yes. back, and then coming back and bringing two people. Yeah, yeah, that's totally yeah. totally yeah. the way. But when you're going somewhere, I mean, you've been to like all kinds of crazy places like overseas, right? And like very first time you go there it's not going to be because of that and like the internet's got to have something to do with people going there to, to even give it a chance right because i mean i could there could be a band from slovakia coming here next week if i don't know what they sound like i'm not necessarily going to spend my you know my limited show going budget on on that so yeah it's got to be true, a certain element of it i think the venues too just like having trust in a venue right is, right, yeah. is more right, important right. it's like i'll go Right, you know who books the shows, and they know that they've had a I'll good track go record. Yeah. any night. Right, because you know what kind of music I is there. Generally, yeah. it's going to be a decent band playing. I used to think that about the Albert. It's going to be fun. I yeah, have, the, the Albert. Too. I, have a, I have a couple <laughs> more. I have a couple points to make. I think that now, like when you're, tra- episode ever. when you're trying to Sorry. book, when you're trying to book a show in like a, a, a club somewhere, yeah. Now, what the club owner or the promoter is likely to do is go on your Facebook page for sure and, and see sure. how many fans you have for sure and then book you based on your internet presence I think whereas so. whereas you know in the 90s or before you that you that. needed you needed to have a booking agent yeah. who, and they needed to trust your booking agent yeah. so it's or if you're smaller you need yeah. or, or if you're more independent you needed a tape to send to the guy booking the shows yeah so and then like, like when I when like last month when I went to play the one man band festival yeah, yeah. In Montreal, there was like a documentary film crew making a documentary about the festival, oh, cool. and they contacted me because they had seen one of my videos on YouTube. Which one? Hey, hey. Awesome. And so then they wanted Which me police? in the documentary off the strength of that. And were video. you in the documentary? Yeah, and I performed Hey, Hey. On Why didn't you tell me this? I don't know. That video. Was I don't tell you everything. That video is one of my <laughs> crowning achievements that I've been involved with. Like, it is. Sam. Holy fuck. Um, <laughs> no, but this is directly related to a video that I, I shot for him, you know, like... Those are your deepest secrets. I don't want to know his deepest secrets. One time in grade nine, when I was at your house... No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... But no, I, I, I don't know. This is a good question about the internet, though, because I think the internet... It's a double-edged sword. And I've said this before on the show, too. I think the internet makes a lot of people who are not good 
promote themselves because you can make a glossy, fancy website and you can look like a professional band and you could be like, no substance. If Filthy Reality that. started now, we were in grade seven, we could have made a, like, you know, we could have made a Facebook page, we could have made a band camp, we could have made like a, all this other stuff. And it would seem like we're just as professional as if you didn't see a picture of us and realize we were 12. <laughs> it would seem like we're just as professional as anyone else because, I mean, you know, kids nowadays that age are pretty tech savvy, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that that's out there, like, and it's not great, it, it was not good, is <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, can you trick, you probably trick people into getting you gigs because you look like, you, you know, you look pro now, whereas before you had to actually do the work. I think there's, there's still, yeah, you're not going to last long if you don't do the work, so. Well, of course not, it's but still, you can. It evens out. Yeah, I guess it does, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird, it's weird. It's probably ultimately a good thing because it gives, because if you are willing to put in the work and figure out how to make your own website and do your own videos, yeah. then you can get out there without the help of, of an industry, right. quote unquote. Right, and I mean, you're not going to be, I mean, no, this is not an insult to your music, but uh, you're not probably not going to be playing on the radio, on the, the mainstream radio anytime soon. I have been. But Why you, you got to be a dick about it? Because I don't the music they play. You know, you know, you know, like who loves my shit? Ace fucking Burp. That guy's. In, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> does he? Uh, Rich Turfrog. But is is he the one just selecting the songs though on the show? He's not, right? And I'm sure the parent company that owns his radio station is telling him what he has to play. And I don't think, I don't think that's completely true. I, I think it's um, probably mostly true. I don't to think to an extent. I think he like. Well, I mean, because I don't know, because shows like that, like like, um, like commercial radio stations always have like their local spotlight. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, okay, even though Hey Hey is, I mean, just use that as an example, how, how likely do you think it is that Hey Hey is going to get played on a local spot and then picked up into regular rotation? It would never get played on commercial radio. That's what I'm talking about. But that's because the sound quality, if I made the sound quality up to snuff, it, it would easily. It, okay. I was just going to say that mainstream radio is usually bad, and it's probably a good thing that you do have the, the opportunity to make your own videos it's and spread it to people it's, who will mm-hmm. want to find it, versus just the yeah, average kind of the average 13-year-old girl is not necessarily yeah, going to want to hear Hey Hey. It, they should. But, but I don't I don't think like I don't th- I, I don't think there needs to be such like a, cl- a clear line between like commercial and indie like if you make a there ki- is you, yeah there isn't of course and you can make an indie song independently just as well as you can make one in in the, the studio, studio. Yeah. but it's it's you know like rate like commercial radio has uh, a, a, like a quality standard that they need to right. live up to so if, and this is what we were talking about in the other episode we talked about your jet song yeah right same idea kind of yeah 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 so i mean if if you can have a song that's catchy and good enough quality to be played on the commercial radio then that's going to help you oh of course it is yeah 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 but i think that when you don't have access to the tools to do that you can the fact the internet exists if you are good means you can get a crazy amount of fans and people who are you can get thousands and thousands of fans who are going to come to all your shows and buy your records without ever being played on the radio without ever putting out a without you don't have to even put out a record you don't have to put it a physical anything. You can just be like people go to your shows or, or you buy your singles for a buck or whatever. You don't have to like uh, like Sri Racha. Like you know that Sri Racha has never advertised once. They don't need to. I know they don't Is need it to. Is sauce? Yeah, it's hot sauce. It started in uh, like I in L.A. Power. or San Francisco or California somewhere. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> really interesting. Actually. It was just a guy in a yeah. Now it's huge. Vietnamese restaurant making a sauce and you can find it everywhere people love it yeah it's amazing yeah yeah. it's just like everybody loves this somewhere what's the sauce like yeah they've never advertised once it's cool it's really cool yeah it's it's good that Sri Racha is here in Winnipeg (laughs) just like how it's good that witch police music is getting played on the radio in Louisiana yeah that's amazing Right? I mean, yeah, one of my favorite one of my favorite things about Lil Wayne is when yeah. he called Louisiana Lil Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I find it hard to I don't want to talk about Lil Wayne right now. Great. I find it hard to I just can't. You know what? I have like four of his albums, <laughs> and the problem is like each album has one song that's amazing, yeah. and then thirty five songs that are just horrible because like he, he can't edit himself at all. He has no ability has to self censor, so he just releases absolutely everything, and most of it's bad. That's, but then there'll be something that's just like holy shit, this is great. This you is know, a that, great song. That actually that actually like fits well with our point as a counterpoint to what we're talking about the internet and, and technology yeah, and, yeah. and music being so easy to to access. Is that like for an artist like Lil Wayne? Who could be making classic records? Instead he, of making classic records, he he needs to keep up with the trends. So he needs to be putting yeah, out records. So constantly. he just keeps out mixtapes all the time. Yeah. Instead of putting like together a quality record. And over five mixtapes, there's twenty five mixtapes. If you picked 
like you know a One few really good piece, songs, yeah. then it would be, It'd be yeah. classic. Yeah. yeah, it's like a train that can't just like stay in the station. Gotta keep that on rolling. Fucking worse. <laughs> well, let's get You're out. Such a dick. Let's get back to some fucking. <laughs> Whatever. Music. There's some trains yeah. rolling. All right. Well, Jesse, wait. Yeah. Give him that yeah. one. You want to play something? <laughs> Do you want to play something, Jesse? Uh, sure. All right. What do you got? Um, I guess. No, John just ruined that whole discussion. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. He he just knows he's gonna have to edit it for you and my film later. So. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Riveting Try stuff. Try playing yeah. a song. I guess. You gonna play a song right yeah, now? I'm gonna play a song right now. It's cool. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, we want you to play a song at the end of the show as well. Okay, I'm going to play a song at the end of the show. But then, when, right the end of the show when the end of the show doesn't no, have to do anything. Why doesn't he just play? Because he wants to play a song about a train. Why doesn't he play his pick right now? That's what he's going to do, but then after no, he's no, going to no. play just an unrelated song. No. Yes. Yeah, why, not? Sure. why not? Because this is one he's prepared for. Let's milk him. He, 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 he tours constantly. He plays shows all the time. He's prepared That's for true. whatever. <laughs> you can play 100 songs. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's true. It's not like it's not. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Okay, so what song are you going to play? Well, I just want to. You know, stick to the theme. It's a train theme. Well, yeah, you better stick to the theme. <laughs> that's <laughs> what, I, that's what I mean. I, I, I want to play something from a record and also, like, that's also train themed. Well, you have two choices. You get two picks today. Do, okay. you, do you need more than two? No. Okay, cool. So you're gonna, are you going to perform something right now? Does that count? Yeah, yeah of course. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. But we well, don't need to. You can play a live song and pick two recorded, recorded songs. songs. You could play Jesse, two. You could play this, two live songs. Man, 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 Jesse, this songs. is your world. I'm just trying to get a nut. If you want to just, <laughs> I'm just really confused. As if to you want to play, if, you, <laughs> if we want to stop the show right now yeah, and you just play a whole set, we could do that too. Whatever you want to do, man. It's just. Well, let's play a song from a record. No, you just told us you're gonna play. No, you should play a song from your guitar. Yeah, you, you gotta. You have okay, to play play a train song. All right. So what's it called? Tell us about it first, then we'll play. Okay. We gotta, you know, you're gonna. Well, John, can you go get a guitar anytime? Yeah. Yeah. Logistics, you know? Um, it's well, when you mentioned the train thing, theme. Well, I didn't. The internet mentioned it. Really? The internet told me anyway. But that was you on the internet. Well, I, you're really making I a simple sense. I relayed the message. Yeah, I guess so. Eh? Good pot. Jesse's so good. You're going to try and tell me that you're not Quash the every sentence. <laughs> you know who is the internet? Riff Raff. Yeah. Riff Raff, Riff Raff is a living meme. Who's Riff Raff? I thought he was, I didn't know he was a real person. I actually thought it was a joke, and then I realized he was real. Um, the best thing about that I, I, is um, one of the guys from Def Wish uh, put a thing on Twitter saying, like, I'll give $1,000 to anyone who steals Riffraff's chain when he's in Winnipeg. Oh, wow. That would have been amazing. But They're having to, like, to uh, one of the 50-cent guys in Saskatoon. He got really? his chain robbed. That's, that's rough. To who is that guy? Whatever it is. Yeah. Okay, so, Jesse, you got a song. Yeah, this is, uh, this is the first one I thought of when you mentioned the train theme on the internet and you emailed me the train theme said we're having a train theme in writing form on the internet <laughs> I mean, that's true I did, I did do that um, so what is it? it's uh, by Elizabeth Cotton it's freight train and uh, I don't know what it is about this song just uh, sticks in my head and Second, I just learned this song. Are you gonna talk about yourselves so. while you're looking at this. Who's Elizabeth Cotton? I think you made her up. <laughs> John Jesse just wrote this song. Yeah, Elizabeth Cotton is a songwriter and guitarist um, from the states, and she played left-handed, and she kind of does like the the finger picking thing. I'm gonna do the Burton Cummings. Uh, Saturday night vinyl tap, uh, play play my guitar and then talk a little bit right now. Nice, <laughs> amazing. And uh, she does like the alternating thumb thing. That thing, but she does it with her fingers. She's playing it left-handed and upside down, and then she kind of picks the. So she plays with the strings upside down, like. Yeah. Like a surf guitarist or something. Yeah, I don't know that reference, but... Like, surf guitarists used to play, like, uh, with the strings upside down. Because, like, they play most of their songs on the higher strings. So like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's strange, because I love surf guitar. Yeah. Just string the strings backwards, like Hendrix. Yeah. They didn't figure that one out. They need Hendrix. 
And uh, yeah, this is Freight Train. That was great. 